Welcome to the Fall to Grace podcast, a show dedicated to those who have stumbled, struggled, failed, and fallen, perhaps more than once. Our message offers encouragement, hope, and connection to turn your personal shame and suffering from a fall to grace. Thank you for joining us. We hope you will enjoy today's episode. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Thank you for joining me again on the Fall to Grace podcast. Again, um, if you've seen the previous two episodes, you know a little bit about my story. I'm Kevin Kirkland, and I am the podcaster and host and a person that uh, gonna be, is going to be covering uh, some thoughts and some important topics about healing and uh, starting uh, life over after uh, devastating loss or, or failure, however you want to describe that. Everyone is going to have their own personal experience with that. I'm grateful that you're here and that you're, uh, that you're joining me. I have a few uh, very important things that I want to share with you this morning. And, um, and most of what I'm going to talk about uh, in this particular episode is the idea of getting help. Um, I knew that I was facing a new normal. I knew that I was facing a life that I had, I had to create, start over. Um, and I knew that I was going to need serious help. Now, for those of you that may be watching this episode and who are in the same position that I was in, I want you to know that there are sources of help, but what sources that might be available to you specifically will depend on your area. I happen to be in Arizona. I know that through the state there is AXIS, which will provide some basic services for healthcare, um, therapy, counseling. Everyone is going to be different in the particular area in which you live, but I suggest you can go online. Um, also, uh, there's the 988 hotline you can call, um, similar to 911, that you can call for um, mental health um, assistance or therapy or whatever services, services that might be available. So in your particular area, uh, because of my own personal experience, um, having gone through all of this, I know that there are resources um, that you can access that will provide assistance. Um, it just takes a few minutes of searching and then making phone calls. Um, and I'm going to tell you a story about my own personal experience about getting help. Now, um, as I mentioned in my previous episodes, um, I was incarcerated. um, And, you know, for my own particular failures and sins, uh, which I'm not going to go into detail um, at this point, but I knew that uh, whatever whatever time um, I was going to serve, I knew that wasn't going to be forever. I knew it someday that I was going to be released. And although I did not know when, or nor did I have any control over when that would occur, I knew that there was no way that I could go forward um, without making serious changes in my own decision-making or patterns of decision, patterns of thinking, um, the way that I saw myself, my self-talk, all of it that had led me to the place that I was, where I became a broken person, and uh, was on a path of self-destruction, and sadly and unfortunately also um, destroyed 
many other things, um, my family, my career, etc. Um, I knew that I was going to have to change the way that I self-perceived, the way that I um, cared about myself and for others, and especially I was going to have to establish a new pattern for decision-making and boundary-setting that I had previously not practiced. And all of it was going to be new, and all of it was going to be in an environment that was going to be hostile, um, which made it extremely difficult. Now, I'm going to cover a couple of topics, and I'm going to share with you some stories that, for me, are very emotional. I'm an emotional person um, by nature. I blame my mother, (laughs) the sweetest angel in my life. Um, Luckily for me, I've had others, but my mother uh, was a blessed woman and very caring. But she was an emotional person, and likewise, so am I. So if I share some of my stories, I apologize in advance for the emotionality, but I'm not apologizing for feeling the emotions that are so sweet and tender to me. But as I mentioned, I had to make serious and lasting changes in how I thought, how I felt about myself, how I planned out my activities and my routines, and how I decided on and how I kept boundaries. I was going to need help, serious professional help, and I had no idea at the time uh, the source of that help, where it might come from, who it might be, or how I might have access to it. But eventually it did arrive, and I am forever grateful. However, for anyone of you that may be listening to this podcast and who may be feeling helpless or loveless or (laughs) at loss, Um, help will come, but it might come reluctantly, but you can't care about that. I was in no position to care about whether the help that I got came quickly or uh, overwhelmingly or just trickled in drop by drop. Beggars cannot be choosers, and I was at the time, and I remain a beggar heavily reliant on others to help me. Sometimes that help came in the form of just a kind word. And one of the main reasons I'm doing this podcast is to remind you and everyone that might listen to this podcast, which may be a vast audience of two, a kind word which costs nothing and takes very little time can make all the difference and change the entire trajectory of a person's life if you're willing to find it within yourself to be kind and to offer a kind word, whether verbal or written. Sometimes that help came in thundering and relentless suffering from guilt, um, the stress and pressure of having to deal with a completely new reality. What I mean by that, why that's helpful, is because unless we are willing and able to face the reality of who we've become and what we've done, then help will never make a difference. We have to be willing and courageous enough and face difficulty enough, often alone enough, to accept that change must occur, and oftentimes it has to start from within, but a little encouragement from outside can make a big difference. 
Sometimes it won't come, but I promise you that it will come one way or the other. While I was incarcerated, my daughter Katie sent me a talk um, given to the graduates of the nursing school at Brigham Young University. Now, um, I've mentioned before that I was raised uh, in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, commonly known as the Mormon Church or the LDS Church. And um, the talk that she sent me was given by Elaine Marshall, uh, who was the dean of BYU College of Nursing at the time. Talk was given on October 8th, 2002, to the um, School of Nursing. And she talks about the difference between cure and healing. I recommend that talk um, to you. Um, but in it, and I'm not quoting specifically, but in it she basically says that there's no healing without pain, and that um, in order for there to be healing, there must be pain, and you must reside in that pain for a time, and there's no going around it. Um, there's no shortcut. You, healing requires pain, and pain you must go through. There's no, there's no easy way around. And I can, I can share with you from a personal experience that that is true. If you try to avoid it, if you try to avoid the discomfort, if you run from the difficulties that you're going to face, you will carry those, those difficulties with you and never heal from them. I heard someone say that uh, pain that is buried or trauma that is buried or something like that uh, doesn't decompose. <laughs> it, it, will, it will stay with you, um, and I believe that's, that is very true. Another talk that was given um, on a very similar, by the way, the, the Learning the Healer's Art is the title of the talk by Elaine Marshall, Learning the Healer's Art. Regarding healing, there's another talk given by Jonathan Sandberg uh, entitled, Healing Equals Courage Plus Action Plus Grace. And that <clears throat> is as good a title for this podcast as Fall to Grace is. I honestly believe that healing literally is literally is the combination of courage plus action plus grace, and I want to talk a little bit about that those 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 things today. This process is not for the weak of heart, um, and you might need professional help. The companionship of a professional uh, would be very very helpful, um, and it's also helpful if you have some faith, either in a process or a professional or someone that can help you. Uh, Brene Brown said it's wise to choose those with whom we, sh we share our shame because shame is a very heavy burden to carry. But even more so sometimes for the companion, as you're asking them to share your shame and carry that burden with you, and it's not due to any of their actions or consequences or choices of that companion. So that's why I'm suggesting that if at all possible, you find a professional that can help you. It is out of love, caring, and deep understanding of the value of another life and how healing must be at least permitted, and even if for the very most heinous of sinners. We have to allow each other, um, ourselves, and one another to heal. Now, I... Uh, 
I want to tell you a little story about how my healing really started um, after I was released from incarceration. Now, there's lots of stories that I will share with you as time goes on about the miracles and healing that occurred while I was still incarcerated, but this episode today is about getting help and how my healing process started once I was released. While I was incarcerated, within 30 days of release, um, there was an announcement made that um, I could apply for basic insurance plan that could help me with basic needs such as healthcare and, and possibly therapy. Um, it was, you know, for indigent individuals, um, and at the time of my release, I was going to be homeless, careerless, moneyless. <laughs> you know, I was going to have nothing upon my release, and so um, I knew I was going to need help, and so I, I applied for this insurance, basic insurance program or plan known as IEHP, the Inland Empire Health Plan. This was in California. I'm grateful that this, that this, that this was offered, as it really did save my life. It was available to all the inmates who were preparing to be released within the next 30 days. Um, I applied for it, hoping that it could help me, and I had no, no idea at the time how much it was going to help me. So upon my release, my, um, my children and my sister came to pick me up from, from, from jail. Um, my, my sentence, I spent 13 months in county jail um, as, as my... Um, the time that I was spent uh, incarcerated, 13 months. And at the end of that time, um, my sister and my three children came to pick me up. My sister then provided me a, with a hotel that I could stay in for a couple days while I got my bearings. And the plans for where I was going to live originally had changed, and I needed a place to live. Fortunately for me, I did have family that, that was willing to step forward and help me. And my oldest brother, Michael, and his wife, Heidi, uh, who I am forever indebted to, uh, were willing to take me in. And so I lived in Palm Desert, California for a year. Well, while I was there, I took my IEHP insurance plan and searched in the resource book that I was provided for service providers that accepted my insurance that I had, the IEHP. And um, I arrived in the Coachella Valley and started searching for people that offered this plan or that accepted this plan. There were two, only two in the Coachella Valley that did. One of them, the first person I called, either had retired or had passed away. So that, that was not going to help me. The second person I called uh, was a woman by the name of Jessica Sanchez. Um, and... It said on, in the resource book that she accepted my, um, that her practice accepted the insurance that I had. So I called, and a woman answered the phone, and I told her, you know, hello, this is Kevin Kirkland. Um, I'm hoping that um, I can make an appointment to meet Jessica. I have been in serious trouble in my life, and I need serious professional help. Can she help me? And she informed me that that wasn't going to be possible, that... Jessica was booked for the next two years, and there was just no way that she was going to be available. And I broke down. I, this was my last hope to have professional help, which I knew I desperately needed. I begged and I pleaded, please help me. I have nowhere else to go. I have no other resources. Um, is there any possible way that I could be considered? And she said, I'm sorry, Mr. Kirkland, but I just don't think that 
it's going to be possible because I know how busy Jessica is and she's booked. But I will give her your message and we'll see. So um, a day or two passed and I get a phone call and I answer and the person on the phone said that, hi, Kevin, this is Jessica Sanchez. I said, hello, Jessica, how are you doing? She goes, well, she goes, I've got to tell you a little story. She said, when you called the other day, um, it just so happened that my normal receptionist, the person that um, takes care of my phones and my scheduling, my regular person was out ill, and my mother <laughs> was answering the phones for me that day. And so my mother made me call you. <laughs> and that was one of the sweetest and most tender moments because for the, for the love of a mother, <laughs> um, I had a chance to, to meet with Jessica and she said, meet me on Tuesday at 4 o'clock, the following Tuesday, which I did. And I met with Jessica. I ended up meeting with Jessica for every Tuesday for the, for the next year. It was just a miracle um, of circumstance. I guess some people would say it's not a miracle. It's just a happy circumstance. But in my particular case, it sure felt like a miracle. Um, I visited with Jessica every week. The first few weeks, all I did was curl up in a ball and <laughs> weep and wail and moan and cry and feel terrible about myself. But Jessica was so kind and so supportive. She reminded me that it was a safe place, and she offered tender caring and professional help. And one of the things that she did, and I'm going to share it with you, is she offered. She asked me the question whether or not I meditated, and I said no. I'd been a prayerful person all my life, but I'd never really been one to meditate necessarily. And she turned me on to the idea of listening to guided meditations on YouTube. And so I did. And there's so many offerings. I happened to find um, the mindful movement, and I listened to some of the guided meditations, which I found very, very health helpful and very um, succinct for my particular situation. But None more than the particular guided meditation on the setting of intentions. And in a nutshell, the setting of intentions allows you to set an intention for the rest of your life based on what you want. It isn't necessarily what you are now or what you have now. You're just going to start the intention with a statement, I am. And then you can fill it in with how, whatever you want. You can be anything you want. You can make a new you. <laughs> But you're going to start with the idea and the statement to yourself and to the world, I guess, I am. And I set four intentions that have become my foundational principles moving forward, which we'll go into detail more, but for right now, um, I set the intentions of I am grateful. I was grateful to be alive. I was grateful that I would have a chance to start over. I was grateful for the chance to repent. I was grateful for the chance to be with family. I was grateful for the chance to let everyone know how sorry I was for all of my terrible choices and how much pain I'd caused. So I was grateful for the chance to be alive and to breathe in and out and to continue to have an opportunity. No matter how difficult it was going to be, I was grateful for that. The second thing that I stated in my intentions is I am humble. Nobody in their right mind would go through all this and not learn a lesson. 
I'm a stubborn person. I can be difficult, but I have to learn the lessons that come to me. And in this particular moment in my life and going forward for the rest of my life, I, made, I set the intention that I am humble. I want to be humble, remain humble, and learn my lessons and maybe share a lesson or two with others. The third intention was that I'm going to remember the good. I'm not going to look back and be negative or bitter or anything. It doesn't matter what happened, come what may, I was going to remember the good. And last but not least, the fourth intention was that no matter what, whatever I had to face, that I was going to allow my heart um, to be open for the receiving of love and for giving of love. So my fourth intention was, I have a heart full of love. So that kind of began my journey of healing and gave me a chance to move forward. Now, there's a lot of details to, to how I moved forward and what happened um, in the subsequent months and now um, many years um, of what I've been able to process through for my healing. But most importantly, the thing I want to mention today is get help. You don't know where the help's going to come from. And, uh, and hopefully what this podcast is really about is reaching out to others who have not put themselves in this situation to be the source of help for someone in your family. We all have members of our family that are struggling with whatever it might be, whatever addiction or difficulty or failure it might be people that are in our extended sphere of influence, um, but immediately in our lives, or in my particular case, even reaching across decades of time, um, I've had some friends that have made contact with me and offered words of encouragement and love and support, people that I have not seen for decades, and all I got was a word of encouragement, and in some cases, um, they would come and spend time with me and be present with me in my healing which I am forever grateful for. So get help, and I promise that your fall to grace uh, can be full of love, humility, tenderness, gratitude, um, and as you move through your own personal healing, remember it will require pain, it will be extremely difficult at times, extremely lonely and isolated at times, but I promise you that you will heal it will take some time, and I, and I hope that uh, you have some companionship and some help along the way. Thank you for joining me for today's podcast of Fall to Grace, and we'll see you next time.